Hello, and welcome to a very special emergency bonus episode of Allegedly Astrology. Dana, what are we covering on this episode? Today we are talking about Taylor Swift and Joe Elwin's breakup. I mean, I have to say I was surprised. What, what Were you guys surprised? No. <laughs> After looking at the astrology, no. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what it is. But after six years of dating, which is a long time in the celebrity world, after some Grammys, a lot of bangers about their romance, they had music collaborations, lots of engagement rumors, Taylor Swift and Joe Allen have broken up. This is not the first time we've talked about Taylor's dating history, so if you're interested in hearing more, you can sign up for our Patreon and listen to our episode about her and Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a good one. We'll tell you all about the scarf. It's worth it. Okay, but back to her and Joe. Let's check out the astrology. So Taylor and Joe have been v private about the relationship, which normally is not Taylor's thing. Like her whole career is based off writing songs about all of the juicy details of her previous romances. But this time it was different. The pair were first linked together in May 2017, but there were rumors that they were reportedly dating for months. Yes. And people speculate that they likely met at the Met Gala in 2016, and this theory stems from Taylor's song, Dress. And in the song, Dress, the lyrics say, flashback to when you met me, your buzz cut and my hair bleached. Because, spoiler alert, at the Met Gala, Taylor had bleached blonde hair and Joe had a buzz cut. I love that song, and I, when you read it, I heard it in the way she sings it. Um, so, okay, so we're going to say they met at the Met Gala. What was going on that day, Dana? That was May 2nd, 2016, and on that day, Mars was retrograde in Sagittarius, and so Mars retrogrades can be super horny, and this is because Mars appears closer to Earth. Mars is the planet of sex. Sagittarius is, like, such a little... Uh, party monster and Sagittarius is a pretty significant sign for both of them it's Taylor's sun sign and it squares Joe's sun in Pisces and it's opposite his natal Mars in Gemini so an opposition is an aspect of relationship so during your Mars opposition you might be more likely to find someone you want to bone and when Mars is squaring your sun you're like inspired to act so maybe maybe he's usually more reserved and he felt you know compelled to act Personally for Taylor, she was in a third house Jupiter Pisces year and the moon, south node and Neptune were in Pisces. So whenever you're in a year, that sign will be especially active. And so when planets are transiting that sign, that's going to like really highlight stuff for you. Wait, Dana, didn't you say on a recent episode that you've noticed a lot of relationships starting and ending during third house years? I think I did say that actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that was surprising to you, right? Because third house doesn't immediately scream relationships it's it's beginnings and endings it doesn't it's a cadent house so that means it's it's transiting to the next house and the fourth house is the house of endings but but it, it it's so it's specifically for a third so yeah that is can you remind us what the third house generally is about it's about like your immediate surroundings it could be about your siblings which i don't i mean i feel like millennials maybe married people they get along with not like siblings but you know it's not yeah, sort of like that's true meeting people in the same like you're likely to be roommates with your partner before you're likely to be their you know like husband or wife there's a little bit of that vibe and, and third house is roommate so that's interesting mm. hadn't put that together before third house is also like skills anything you're good at 
Um, and so it could really speak to those sorts of things. I'll, like also like your grocery store, like your neighbor, sort of like what you're moving around, you know, every day in your life. The websites you visit every day. If you have like one website you go to, just sort of like how you translate the world around you to yourself. So yeah, it's not necessarily specifically to relationships, although except for siblings. She's in a, this like third house here. Pisces is her active sign. Pisces is a sign that really dissolves sort of like boundaries. So her maybe being, you know, she might have had her guard down a little bit in a way that's, you know, positive for her because she did have to be so guarded, right? Yeah, I think this was, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong. Also, I will defer to Sarah a lot in this episode because she is our resident Swifty. But Sarah, isn't this like post-reputation when she was like kind of keeping a lower profile-ish? Like she might have not been like super on the prowl per se. I don't know. This could have been right before it came out because Reputation came out in 2017. Oh, okay. So, Reputation's never been worse, so <laughs> you must like me for me. Delicate. Delicate. There we go. Anyway, continue, Dana. So yeah, so the moon was here, so it's activating her third house. And so I've noticed that like Fast Planet, like the moon, Venus, the sun, Mercury, especially the moon, the moon is like one, two days in one sign. That could be like a heightened time for you, you know, like a specific turning point. So I definitely do think that they probably, you know you know, got together at this event. The South Node is also there, maybe draining sort of like her past ways. Mm. It's also just like there's a point of gravity. So the South Node can be something that like you don't usually look at. Now it's like, you know, begging for attention. There's a lot of ways you can interpret the South Node or, you know, either node. I think the best general way across all traditions is just that it's very significant. And then Neptune's there too, which is also the dissolution. It's also glamour. It's also like you know, like what you need to like love in a way. It's sort of like this mm, altruism. And it's also sort of like being drunk. So, you know, drunk in love. Very, very uh, Met Galley. Yeah, for sure. And then natal Jupiter, her natal Jupiter. So Jupiter is her time lord is in cancer in her seventh house, conjunct her descendant with her moon, which rules that planet. So that's major. So your time lord is also going to be activated in your chart. And so since Jupiter rules Pisces, Jupiter is her time lord for this year and it's conjunct her natal descendant. So this year was going to be about major relationships for her either way. Seventh house. That's the major relationship house. If she was my client, I would say you're probably doing major relationships. If not, you're signing a major contract. And she probably did both. Um, I mean, she probably signs major contracts. like all the time so (laughs) yeah taylor (laughs) this might be a major contract review also venus was conjunct her ic in the fifth house in taurus so the fifth house is all about new romance it's about like that fun feeling it's about risk you know like it's about children it's about sex and just like having fun leisure sort of like you know meeting at a party is very fifth house and venus is of course the planet of love and in taurus it's like indulging and pluto was in her first house in capricorn so this is just sort of like she's really undergoing this major change and it's at 17 degrees so it's halfway through its tour of capricorn so it's like she's been in it but it's still significant and it's close to her natal saturn which is at 13 degrees hey me too tay and i think you too elise also her progress moon was in gemini opposite her natal sun and this is very relationshipy whenever the progress moon is transiting by house by sign and whatever natal planets it's aspecting you'll get like a key of or like a taste of like what you know this like sort of two-year chapter of your life is about so for her in gemini it's in her sixth house so this is about health i think this is probably around the time she started like eating healthier and started working out but yeah so her progress moon's opposite her natal sun the moon is like you know the night it's the moon and the sun are the two lights so when they oppose each other when the progress moon opposes your natal sun it's likely to be a time when you're experiencing major relationship changes either beginnings endings having to see yourself in a new light and maybe seeing yourself through someone else's eyes. And it's really nice if that person loves you. Cute. 
So, you know, the announcement that they're together comes out. And after that, you know, they vacation together. They make it IG official. He goes to her shows. She would go to his movie premieres. But overall, like, they really didn't go out in public that much. So they kept it the low-key. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I found out they were dating, like, a year ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. Taylor said that keeping her relationship private gave her separation between her personal and professional life, which wasn't something that she had been used to doing in her previous relationships, which kudos to her for trying a new approach this time around. Um, they, But they always dodged questions about their relationships and in interviews. But sources close to them said that they were really happy. So, Dana, what's their bi-wheel like? I must know. I know. I need to know. Okay. Taylor was born December 13th, 1989 at 8.36 a.m. in Reading, Pennsylvania, according to Astro Theme. And that is also listed on Astro Data Bank. Joe was born February 21st, 1991 in London. We don't know what time. So, we don't have his rising. But Taylor is a Sagittarius sun, obviously. A Cancer Moon, obviously, and a Capricorn Rising, likely. And Joe is a Pisces Sun. Capricorn (laughs) Rising. And either a Taurus Moon or a Gemini Moon. I feel like he's probably a Taurus Moon because he seems so... Boring. (laughs) He just seems so, like, quiet. You know, he's, like, not really loud and out and about. So the first thing I saw when I looked at this chart is that his Saturn in Aquarius is exactly conjunct her natal Venus, the planet of love. Saturn's the planet of commitment. Venus is the planet of love. So this is also maybe like something, this could also be what breaks a relationship or what makes it never get off the ground. But Saturn uh, rules Aquarius. And so Venus isn't necessarily strong in Aquarius. So it's not weak though either. It has what's called triplicity since it's an air sign. and So wait, Taylor has Venus in Aquarius? Yes. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Does Venus like being in Aquarius? No, right? It doesn't hate it. But it's not, like, exalted. No, it's not. And But Saturn is super strong in Aquarius. So, and Saturn is a planet of commitment. In Aquarius, this is sort of like the freedom, you know, this, I mean, th- these are like, they get to sort of like be the extremes, like, of these placements, like, where, like, they, they do get to, like, travel the world and, like, trust each other, right? Like, there's probably this sort of, like, freedom, which Taylor needs, you know, with her Venus in Aquarius, with her son in Sagittarius, which is probably also why she writes about relationships so much, because it's, like, she's not as clingy, I would think, as she seems. Like, I mean, except for, you know, to the Kennedys and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> in a few incidents, like we all are. So I think this is just, like, a really... So in summary, his Saturn conjunction natal Venus in Aquarius is about stability, understanding, and having fun. Aquarius being an air sign, it's all about intellectuality. So understanding each other, talking is really great. Like, I just literally, like, can imagine them, like, talking and her, like, having that, like, you know, happy smile. But that, like, <laughs> such a sad smile. So his north node is in her first house and his south node's in her seventh house. So his nodal, his no- north node's in Capricorn, his south node's in Cancer. When someone has their nodes in your first and seventh house, that's going to be, there's familiarity there. There's gravity. There's sort of, like, this pull to each other. The nodes are about gravity and your first house is all about you. Your seventh house is about the partner. This is sort of like a major sort of intrigue. They also both have Mercury in the sign of each other's north nodes. So Taylor's Mercury is in Capricorn and his north node's in Capricorn. And Joe's Mercury is in Aquarius and her north node's in Aquarius. So once again, this is sort of like that gravity. Mercury is a sign of communication. So I think they're also probably, they're both Saturn ruled signs. So there's like, you know, this want, desire to push each other to grow. And like, they're able to also be like interested in each other's, you know, like career progressions, like, you know, active improvement. Yeah. I mean, they, that makes a lot of sense because they did write music together. And, you know, I think that's something that, 
you know, not all couples want to be involved in their partner's sort of like career and stuff. Do you and Den write music together? I can't say that we do. (laughs) Someday. (laughs) They also both have their sons ruled by Jupiter and in mutable signs. So Taylor's son is in Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jupiter. And Joe's son is in Pisces, which is ruled by Jupiter. These are mutable signs. Jupiter's a planet of optimism. It's mutable signs are changeable. So they're able to sort of move together. Even though they square each other, they're probably like excited to be together. Jupiter is very like happy. And so it's sort of like, you know, breeding goodwill and cheer and good luck. Also, his Venus in Pisces trines her natal Mars in Scorpio. And that's just hot, especially in water signs. There's sort of this like depth for that. And so her Mars is in Scorpio is it's in its domicile and his Venus is exalted in Pisces. So they're also both these like dignified planets. And there's just like this watery depth. So they also, yeah, that's, that's also very good for writing music because her Mars is able to really get to the heart of the matter and his Venus can sort of soften whatever that like Mars and Scorpio is like, I'm going to fucking tell everyone what you did to me. So he softens that part of her. That's cute. I wish we knew his, the, his birth time that would make this spicier but i do think like obviously his saturn conjunctor venus makes a lot of sense because that's you know commitment they were together for six years that's like a long time and then also if he does have the moon in taurus it's in her fifth house which is hot fun and if it's in gemini then it's opposite her son which creates that sort of allure yeah a nice little tension but a nice tension a pull, if you will. Especially in Gemini and Sagittarius, which is like clown time. So it's not. <laughs> but do you guys think like looking at this chart, do you see just like fireworks, bang, bang, last long lasting no. relationship? Mm, I mean, I would really have to see his rising to know. Right. right. Not that much. I, I don't out. think they have like that much going on. I mean, they have stuff, but I for someone who was like. This is the man that I will write several albums about, dedicate songs to. I just feel like it's not... I've just been down a lot of sinistry rabbit holes lately, so I just feel like they don't have any of the things that are like, holy shit, like very common things. Besides, I would say Saturn and conjunct Venus is nice. Yeah, Saturn gets a lot of flack maybe because we're from such a capricorn like saturnian generation but i feel like you if you don't have saturn in sinistry like where's your foundation yeah you need like commitment yeah but also the nodes is nice like mercury is like not that cool of a planet to have on a node but i think it's great talking i mean I'm a Gemini, well, you so love talking, I it's great. Yeah. i'm like you <laughs> okay but yeah they also both have each other i just realized they also both have Jupiter with each other's south node. So they they have nodal synastry on both nodes and with these like major planets. And it's Jupiter and Mercury, which are the two planets that rule the mutable sign. So there's a sort of like ability to maybe change together. That's true. So as the relationship progressed, they even wrote music together. Like I was just talking about, Joe helped Taylor write some songs on folklore and evermore like Betty and Exile, Champagne Problems, Coney Island, evermore, just like a lot of sad songs. And didn't he, like, not put his name on it, but he used, like, a pen name? Yeah, it was William Bowery. And Joe was also the inspiration for some of Taylor's songs, like the previously mentioned song Dress, Delicate, and Gorgeous. Bangers, bangers, bangers. I love all of those songs. However, fans couldn't help but notice that Joe was not at any of the stops on Taylor's current era's tour. 
So the rumors started to swirl, and then eventually news broke that the two had broken up. Sad. So what was going on when the announcement was made, Dana? Rip. So that was April 8th, 2023. And so okay, this all comes after a really a seven-month-long tour of Mars and Gemini, including a Mars retrograde in Gemini, which is a sign opposite Sagittarius, and Mars was retrograde in Sagittarius when they got together in April or in May 2016. Oh, damn. And I've mentioned in other episodes that 2022 and 2023 would mirror 2016 because it's a significant turning point from that era. Mars retrograding in opposite signs is significant. It's a Jupiter opposition. Jupiter was in Virgo in 2016 and now and then it was in Pisces in 2022. And it's a Saturn square. So Saturn was in Sagittarius. Okay. Also, Venus was maybe conjunct Joe's moon at this time. It was either close or conjunct his moon. So if he was born at noon, Venus was conjunct his moon on this day. But otherwise, it's close. And so Venus crossing your moon, Venus and the moon are these two like receptive planets, these feminine principles. Venus is all about beauty and connection. The moon is about reception receiving it's about subjectivity and sort of like the body so love is on the brain for him in some capacity saturn is also conjunct joe's son in pisces and neptune is conjunct his venus in pisces so i think she dumped him or at least that like i mean if he dumped her then he's very devastated by it but also who thinks that he dumped her saturn crossing the sun is a time when you can feel depressed saturn's a planet of depression the sun is how you shine so this could be I mean, in, in many ways, I like Saturn aspecting my son, but I mean, I think a lot of people might. But it's it's a time to get serious. For him, it's dulling his light. And Neptune on his yeah. Venus is, is making things like very confusing. This is like confusing love. It could be like not really being able to see the future, you know, in certain ways. Or it's different, right? His future suddenly changed. So Joe also completed his seven-month Mars return. So he has Mars at 10 degrees Gemini and Mars... Uh, Mars covered the planet, or Mars was retrograde, stationed retrograde at 25 degrees Gemini, and it stationed direct at 8 degrees Gemini. So he had three Mars returns, much like Elise. Actually, I think your Mars are conjunct. Cute. Oh. <laughs> Sexually charged, honestly. Me and Joe Alwyn. <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of have Danton vibes. They have similar looks, for sure. That's true. The blonde hair, blue eye boys who love their grandparents. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so this is a major thing for Joe. Like whenever you're having like this major, like, you know, long Mars return. Also, he was born after a Mars return. And so I have this theory. It's not, it's not that crazy of a theory, but the planets, if you were like born near a major retrograde, which Mars is the, mo- the least common retrograde than Venus. So either of those two, especially like if maybe any of those retrogrades will really be turning points for you, but especially if it's in that sign. So he was born right after a Mars retrograde from Gemini into Taurus so his Mars you know he was born during a year where Mars was retrograding Gemini it's sort of like mirroring that so he's at a major turning point in his life and Mars squares his natal sun and his Venus so they're sort of like bringing that tension in with Saturn too right people again Mars return they just either destroyed you or turned you into like the bell of the ball there was no in between also Mars was in Mars like at the time of the breakup, April 8th. So Mars had ingressed to Cancer. And so it's in her seventh house conjunct her natal moon and descendant. And it, her moon rules that house. So this is whenever Mars, Mars is the planet of severing. The seventh house is the planet of partnerships. Mars transiting the seventh can be hot sex. It can also be breaking up. Snipping the invisible string. That's a nod to one of her songs about that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Rip. Yep. And she removed it from her set list in Dallas. And everyone was... 
being like, oh my God, what do you think this could mean? Now we I was, I was just, I would just I do crazy do shit time. all the time just to have people talk about it because her fans are like the QAnon of like fandom. They are. <laughs> it is <really>. true. <laughs> like drawing maps to like the underground. They're drawing maps on TikTok to figure out what the secret songs at each concert are going to be. I'm like, not even she kidding. wore a top with her, off the shoulders and so did Princess Diana when she like... <laughs> You know, told everyone that she hated Charles. Okay, also, yeah, so this was after a full moon in Libra. And so full moons in Libra are about relationships. Libra is a sign of relationships. And the full moon in Libra can be a time when you're focusing on your relationships. And Libra is Taylor's perfected house for this year. It's her perfected sign. It's also her 10th house, the house of public publicity relationship. Well, public, your public self, like anything. If you're getting publicity, check the 10th house or the 11th. And by this time, the moon had entered Scorpio, which is the house of, like, severing. Or it's Scorpio's more like, all right, the reality of the relationship. And then Pluto also entered Aquarius on March 23rd. And Pluto is the planet of major change and transformation. Major change and transformation. And, like, also literally, like, breaking. Like, I always think of it as, like, breaking a bone and then having to re-break it to heal it. Which is dark and happened to me once, so I probably internalized that. But yeah, also Taylor's Venus is at one degree Aquarius. So she's getting this like Pluto on her Venus. Venus is the planet of love. She's, you know, she's also the planet of art. And she's one of, she's like the most powerful woman (laughs) alive. I don't know. The most powerful celebrity, at least. A lot of people have a theory that she's like, she's bi, which I think is very, also Venus and Aquarius. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, for sure. Everyone. If you're curious about learning more, check out the subreddit thread called Gaylor. Yes, oh. it is a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit cool. hole. So prepare yourself. I will yourself. check that out. Also, so yeah, Venus is her time lord since Venus rules Libra and Libra is her sign of the year. So that means that this planet is activated and transits to and from Venus are extra sensitive and weighted more heavily in terms of like meaning and prediction. So when astrologers who use perfections are you know making predictions, we consider that a lot. So this is also, you know, Venus, again, being the planet of love, like she's going through major transformations in her love relationships. And also her art might be really different this year, which is something different, but cool to look forward to. Venus is also uh, in Taurus at this time, and it's in domicile opposite her natal Mars, which is in domicile in Scorpio. So she's getting this sort of like Venus opposite Mars. It's very much war. You know, it's also these are in these signs that are so much about commitment, Venus and Scorpio. And so when something's about commitment, it's also about, you know, am I no longer committed to this? And so I think that came up. But then I also did their Davison chart, which takes the exact middle date and exact middle location for so I mean, for them, it's like probably in the ocean for their birth times and birth locations. And so since we don't have the rising, there's not much we can go off. But something that was hugely significant is that the North Node is exactly conjunct their Davison Mars and Taurus. And so Mars is definitely at four degrees Taurus in their Davison chart. And the North Node, which will only be at four degrees Taurus every 19 years is crossing their natal Mars. And so Mars, again, being the planet of severing. Right now it's crossing it? Yeah. Wow. Their Mars is at four degrees Taurus in their Davison chart. The North Node is at four degrees Taurus in, you know, the current transits. So that's pretty big. Having like Jupiter in the first house in a Davison chart is really nice because it's like, we love being together. (laughs) Also, so their uh, Davison moon is likely in Gemini. I think it's definitely in Gemini. And so Mars oh. crossing that would, Ooh, you know, yeah. would be hard, especially the moon is so, the moon and Mars are not uh, They're friendly not aspects. Buds. But the, yeah, the Mar- Mars is like, is hard on the moon. The moon is all about emotion. And so if you just like take a lot of, especially in Gemini, it's sort of like being like really like changing a lot. So it's like, f- what's the word? Fickle. 
And then again, that moon ruling their sun and Jupiter, it's going to be like, all right, just is sort of just changing the goals of our relationship. Like their goals probably changed either together or separately. And maybe once Mars entered Cancer to hit exactly where they're, you know, because since that Cancer, that probably, along with the North Node hitting their Mars, is sort of like this, you know, last, last dance. I don't know. Last hurrah. Yeah. I mean, the reason for their breakup isn't clear. Like outlets reported that they grew apart and they want to make, you know, remain friends. I checked today and they, there was like a little bit more. Like obviously this was a very like private relationship. Maybe we'll learn more and upcoming music but essentially the one thing that i was reading was like when they got together it was basically around the time of like reputation when she was like more of a home buddy like trying to like hide from everyone and then that was almost like followed by the pandemic which they were like just kind of in this bubble for two years and he never really experienced her like being her sad son self like being out like going to do things like writing music, going to concerts, like being super, super in the public eye again. So I think like it just became very clear that the lifestyles they wanted and their realities like were very different. So bummer for them, but I, it does seem pretty amicable at least, you know, from what we're from, from initial reports. I mean, no breakup is fully, fully a hundred percent amicable, but I could see these two having something a little bit more chill, especially with as how long they lasted. I don't think this was like one giant blowout like fight and then they were done. I think this was no. definitely like a slow burn type of thing and a death yeah. by a thousand cuts. Death by a thousand cuts. Oh, is that a Taylor reference too? Another yes, another Taylor reference. There was no great war. Haha, <laughs> that's another one. Oh, I do have one thing to add that yeah. I th- honestly think about way too much. It was a Demois blind, but somebody said that Taylor, when she like gives guys head, she holds their hand. And I think about this like way too Are often. Are you kidding me? Interesting. <laughs> Which to me is very, I believe it's true because I could like see her doing it or imagine it happening. Yeah. So, yeah oh, think yeah. about that. Let's do a quick a quick Swifty predict. So do you think Taylor is going to jump back into a relationship anytime soon? Do you think she's going to be like all me? You know, I feel like she might be kind of ready to hit the scene again if this was a more of a slow burn relationship ending. What do you think? Anything in her um, chart that suggests any whirlwind romances? Well, there's OK. So the eclipses is where I'm looking. And so... The North Node is still in Taurus in her house of like fun and romance. So, but so it makes sense that relationships are ending. It's going to enter her 10th and 4th, which can definitely about be about major beginnings and major endings in really public relationships, perhaps. Mm. Although the, the North Node will be in a Aries in her fourth house. So that could be the South Node in Libra could maybe be her going back to someone. What? Or like even just hooking up with, you know, someone from the past. I don't know. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Hmm. Well, I like this for her. I'm kind of ready for like a more public, a more public T Swift relationship. Wait, also Venus will retrograde in her eighth house. That could be interesting. Maybe she would have a secret relationship. Maybe she would have a secret pansexual relationship. Ooh, I don't know. Just because Venus, if she is more sexually fluid, then she's like the Gaylor you know, talked about conspiracy. That's what it's called. We'll love it. I feel like everyone's like a lot more open with much more open with being sexually fluid these days. So yeah, 
Maybe she'll have a chance. Especially when you take ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, we'll have to we'll have to stay tuned for what's next for Taylor. I'm sad this um, era of her relationship is over, but we're excited for more. We're excited for a breakup album. All right. Well, with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this has been a special bonus episode of Allegedly Astrology. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Maybe they will. I love, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Yeah, what's your favorite album? Mine's Um, Red. Ooh. I think Red is one of my favorites, yeah. I also love 1989. I know her album, but I know her songs. I knew you were troubles on Red. Yeah, that was when she first started going like poppier. I like that song style. Where's Where's that song from? 1989. Is that the one that's like? So far, those are my two guys. I also like the one Bad Blood is so good. That was on Reputation. Reputation. Now we got Bad Blood. Hey. Yeah, that was a good one.